I speak in the name of God, creator, redeemer, and giver of new life. Amen. At this time of year, you sort of get these um, things, well, I think it's when the news sort of goes a bit quiet, that they um, bring out these sort of, this is the year that was, sort of heading up to, to new year. And I was just um, beginning to reflect back on this year, and, and amazed looking back at some of the key um, world events of what's been happening, how, just how much has happened over this year. And, and yet, in some ways, some things are still just sort of dragging on. You know, the Brexit negotiations still droning on in England, and yet another election there, and poor old Queen having to come out again and, you know, wheeled out to, well, not quite, but just about, <laughs> just about to Parliament. <coughs> yes. <laughs> no, she, you know, she got out there, and I thought, oh, she's got to do all this all over again. Uh, the possibility now of the impeachment of US President Donald Trump. <laughs> No comment. Terrorist, <laughs> possibly no comment. Terrorist attacks recently and hearing about those in London and Moscow. Um, and all that alongside the things which just don't ever seem to break back into news or hardly ever, those sort of festering sores of civil war and violence in Syria and Iraq and Afghanistan and South Sudan. I was just hearing about the church in Iraq who are saying they're not going to celebrate Christmas this year because they just said it would just be too... Um, it would just be, too, you know, there's just too much suffering around that it would just be shallow. And I thought that was that was really just so sad. Um, distressing news reports still of refugee boats still trying to get across the Med uh, in the winter with so many drowning and borders closing against those who thought they'd finally reached the safety of Europe. Closer to home, that measles epidemic in Samoa and the bushfires in Australia and just going on and on. Here in our land, of course, we hold in our hearts those injured in the Fakari White Island volcanic eruption and those grieving the death of loved ones. And at a national level, things still seem to go on, don't they? A continuing housing crisis for many, the lack of affordable housing, people homeless or forced to sleep in their cars, and that continuing yawning inequality gap in this country between a few very wealthy and the growing number of working poor. Our city mission is saying more and more now um, the people they are trying to help are working poor, but they still can't make ends meet. And we in the city can't forget, of course, it's only nine months since the mosque shootings of March the 15th. And reading the other day of someone, um, one of the guys there who's going to just about just had his fourth surgery since in that time. And it sort of goes out of the news, but many, of course, still facing uh, ongoing rehab and grieving those they have lost. And meanwhile, the rebuild of our city and churches seems to go on in a very stop-start sort of fashion, often painfully slowly. But then occasionally there's something really good, and at last people seem to be venturing back into the CBD and enjoying things like the new markets and the library, and great to see All Souls Merivale up and going. But when you sort of add it all up, all that lot, it's no wonder if uh, many arrive at this stage of the year feeling a bit weary, and perhaps, for many, perhaps struggling to feel much enthusiasm or joy this Christmas time, uh, particularly if we add in those 
personal needs and concerns of ours. And often it's a bit of a mixed bag, isn't it? There's lots of great stuff. But also um, we've all got those concerns about loved ones and friends or uh, perhaps health challenges or wondering how Christmas Day will go with all those different family relationships and uh, perhaps changes at work or study or whatever's ahead for us, perhaps wondering just what is uh, on tap for us in 2020. And I think we can sometimes just, you know, pause at this point of the year and draw breath, and maybe that's what January is all about, to um, just to come to that place. I think as our, uh, the confession said there, of actually allowing ourselves to rest and draw breath uh, before a new year comes. Largely unknown, but known to God. I was uh, driving around the other day somewhere between somewhere and somewhere and heard on the radio some media commentators, and they were, they were lamenting this post-truth world that we now live in. And, you know, they were saying, oh, well, you know, emotion just trumps facts. Yes, they did use that word, Trump. And people believe what they want to believe, regardless of any factual evidence. And uh, it was actually um, a while ago now, but someone quite wise said, when people choose not to believe in God, it's not that they don't believe in nothing. That it is rather that they then become capable of believing in absolutely anything. It's one of those weird sort of um, things to get your head around. They don't believe in nothing. They become capable of believing in absolutely anything. And I was interested, those media commentators were lamenting the spread of fake news and all that, and said, we could really do with a dose of truth in 2020. I thought, oh, this is interesting. And yet there was no mention of God or of Jesus as the one we know as the way, the truth, and the life, or of any possibility, actually, that religious faith or the church could be a place to find truth. But perhaps where many secular people are very wary of institutions like the church making any claims to make truth statements, the best thing I think we can do is perhaps not get into arguments about truth, but to offer hope and to offer what we see as good news in the face of so much fake news. And of course, that's what the word gospel means, pure and simply good news. The reality of the Christmas story still played out in our carols and nativity scenes, actually, is that the world into which God chose to come wasn't full of dreamless sleep and heavenly peace, as we sang. I saw a lovely um, nativity scene today which had um, Mary absolutely crashed out on a boulder, well, boulder for a pillow and sort of a blanket, and there's Joseph with this crying baby who, <laughs> crying he makes. Um, and I thought, yeah, that's perhaps a bit more realistic. It was a world, of course, that knew violence and oppression. It was full of soldiers and it was full of refugees. And Jesus was a refugee by the time um, he was a very small child. It was a world of huge disparities between rich and poor. Nothing changed there. But God broke in to that world. And I love that image um, and that song. I asked if we could have that. Uh, what a beautiful name. I love that. Um, something like, you know, you didn't want heaven without us, but you brought heaven down. And I think that's the most extraordinary message for us uh, at Christmas. But that coming down was not with sort of God tearing open the crowds and these huge um, apocalyptic images of vengeance and wrath and armies and all that sort of stuff but it's through the fragile cry of a newborn baby, um, as powerless, as human, as vulnerable, as fragile, born in poverty, 
in a small, very nondescript country, um, sort of the backwash of the, of the Middle East, of the Roman Empire at the stage. Uh, none of the rulers were very keen to go there. It was sort of like, you know, end of the world stuff to them. But there, and of course, shortly on the road with his refugee parents, living as an immigrant in a foreign land, Egypt. God in Christ, the word made flesh, as we call him, shares our humanity in all its vulnerability, put himself in our hands, knows our hopes and fears. Emmanuel, God with us, is another one of his very beautiful names that he was given. God with us through thick and thin, uh, drinking that cup of human life to the full. Yes, sharing its joys with us, uh, loving to feast with us, to banquet with us. Um, Jesus will be right there at Christmas dinner, but also drinking that cup of suffering to its bitter end, uh, knowing what it is to be despised and rejected, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. So our hope then is shaped like a child. I've always loved that expression that a baby is God's opinion, that God wants the world to go on. And God's coming into this world as a child brings hope and healing to our humanity. It's been put this way. God coming in the flesh gives humanity hope that we are more than just the sum of our parts and that there's more to this world and this life than we might at first see. And God in Christ at the same time makes our created lives holy while also freeing us from the constraints of our frail and fragile human condition. For those who believe, as John's Gospel says, Jesus gave power to become children of God, born of God. The Word became flesh, became a child, so that we might become children of God. I guess we're all too aware, as we come to Christmas, that we're also Easter people and we never really leave the two. The two always go together. And so we know that the healing of our humanity comes at huge cost to the word made flesh, at the cost of his life given for us on the cross. So yes, our hope is shaped like a child, like a baby, but it's also cross-shaped. And I was uh, reading recently, it's an interview with a, um, an Australian woman, uh, Maura Dale, who's... Um, lived for many years, she's a doctor, and she lived for many years in Egypt and Syria and Jordan, and working particularly with um, Muslim women in a way that um, was only possible for a woman to do. But um, just right at the end of her ministry and time there, um, she was diagnosed herself with stage four lung cancer and had to return to Australia. She's still alive, actually, but she was asked recently, um, about her hope. How do you still have hope uh, when you face a difficult Christmas? And she said this, hope is cross-shaped. In the moment at the cross when evil seemed most conclusively to have triumphed, that was the moment when God's redemption was triumphantly birthed. So no evil now can ever be read without hope as the flip side of it. Hope also encompasses us knowing that God holds us securely enough that we remain held in God's arms, even when we're flailing or yelling at God. Sort of sounds like toddler stuff, doesn't it? But um, <laughs> yeah, but sometimes we do that. Um, you know, we just tell God how it is, and that's okay. Hope is living 
with an eye to the future, knowing that the end of the story, God's story throughout time, is good, and that that future flows back into our living and confidence now. So quite like as it's seen in Maoridom, that the future comes to us from the past, and yet the, we look back to see the future, and yet the future is always coming to us. And in the faithfulness of God, there's hope for the past, hope for the present, and hope for the future. That hope is ours in the Christmas Christ and in the Easter Christ. Just recently, I was in, in town, just on Worcester Boulevard. I may or may not have just been past Rollicon Gelato there. Um, may or may not. And just uh, recently, I came across, there's a, um, there's a lovely woodcraft gallery just in that Worcester Boulevard, sort of halfway up the street there. And I came across a, a wooden um, nativity scene. And it wasn't like any that I'd seen before. And it's the idea and the creation of a, a local Christchurch woman. And she runs that Woodcraft Galilee, uh, Gallery. Galilee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> gallery uh, in Worcester Boulevard. I'm going to have to call it Galilee now. Anyway, it's simply two pieces of wood. Um, along which she's put all the characters, and uh, being me, I love all the animals who are coming along there in a row. Um, and you've got the Holy Family on this one, and the shepherds, and the Magi, and all the animals. And they're all converging on the major scene, which is there in the middle, under the, under the little star. And, um, but the thing I really like about this is that it actually fits together and makes a cross. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty cool. And I said to her, um, I was talking to her about it, and I said, you know, there's a sermon on that, you know. <laughs> she said, oh, is that? <laughs> um, but that, to me, just puts the whole thing together, that in fact our Christmas hope is in that child in the manger, the Word made flesh, and at the same time we know him as the Jesus of the cross. So as we celebrate this week and tonight, our Christmas hope, that good news that is ours to share with at this Christmas time and into 2020, I pray that our hope too will be in the Christmas child and the Easter Christ, the one we hold together, because that is Emmanuel, God with us, right now, but right into the new year as it unfolds as well that Christ is there for us, past, present, and future. Amen.